7 and 10 will stay behind to fly the speeders. As soon as each transport is loaded, evacuation control will give clearance for faking Star Wars radio. That's right, it's the maiden voyage of 2019 of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. Thanks for tuning in. Here's what the new year brings us with this episode. We have a comic book review and discussion, Duel of the Fakes, the return of the patented Fakeometer, an interview with world-famous Derp Fakes, responsible for putting Harrison Ford's face on Alden Ehrenreich's face in the Han Solo movie, and much, much more. My name is Storm Duper, and joining me today is my great co-host, Teeb. Darth Dribble will also be joining me later in the show. Say hello, Teeb. Hi. I'm so thrilled to be here. How was your New Year's? I was okay. I got to piss off a lot of, you know, people, so it's always oh, good. It sounds like you it was business as usual for you then. Yes. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, we have a great show. Are you ready for Duel of the Fakes later on uh, this episode? I think you might have a chance to win two in a row. I've been keeping my nipples warm. Oh, very good, very good. Well, Teeb, in this first segment, we like to discuss, you know, some kind of new Star Wars uh, product or toy or property even. Um, And uh, I think last time we talked about my new uh, BB-8 Sphero robot. I actually got the R2-D2 one as well. Um, Have you played with either of those? Yeah, actually, when it first came out, I got the um, I got the the BB-8 for my lovely oh, did you? bride, yeah. and uh, we chased the cats around the house. Well, the problem with the R2 one is that as soon as you put it on any floor that any pet has come within 50 miles or so, it just gets totally gunked up with fur and garbage and all kinds of you know crap in there. So it's kind of a design flaw. So unless you're using the R2 in a hermetically sealed uh, box, um, you basically get to play with it once until it gets dirty. It's like the Roomba, you know, you, you see the Roomba. Right, right. <laughs> it's like the house is already like, like you just said, like immaculate and spotless. And it's kind of ridiculous. It's like, if my house looked like that, I wouldn't need a damn Roomba. And you're telling, you're telling me the Roomba is gonna make my, my house that is like an actual where normal human beings live. Well, product they should actually sell the R2-D2 Sphero with the Roomba, and then he could just go and ride on the Roomba, and he'd be perpetually clean. I, I would totally get that. That would probably be the first Roomba I would, yeah. would, would buy, would be a droid Roomba. But, of course, you know, um, Disney and George Lucas and all them would have to make a deal with uh, the Roomba people. I don't know. I think they're really trying to, like, you know, work with Skynet first and take over the world. Well, um, this week uh, for our kind of product discussion, we thought we'd do something a little different. And I'm sure you're familiar that uh, in the last couple weeks, I think it was on December 21st, the highly anticipated fan film – uh, produced by Star Wars Theory, that's uh, that's their YouTube channel. Um, Vader Episode One: Shards of the Past was released on YouTube. Uh, highly, uh, you know, uh, speculated what this would be. Um, big budget actually for a fan film. I think it was self-funded. Uh, really interesting idea. Uh, have you seen it? I have, but it was sadly lacking in Ewoks. Yeah, so this, this, uh, the idea behind the fan film, I guess it comes uh, shortly after the events of Revenge of the Sith, 
and uh, broken up into six pieces. So um, in the first uh, first episode, we're kind of getting a lot of interaction between um, you know Sheev Palpatine himself and uh, the newly newly uh, ensconced in black armor uh, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. So. Um, you know, if you if you didn't see it, I, I do recommend it. Uh, what was your first reaction to it? Finally, finally, somebody has really addressed this in a in a, a pseudo professional setting. I, I you know, it, it's an independent fan fiction film, but the quality for it is actually really. I mean, the really CG good. looks good. The laser um, blasts and the lightsaber stuff, the electricity, all looked like it was produced in a, by a professional studio. Yeah, it really does. But but the finally part is because right after Panda Bear, you know, right after Padme dies, why didn't Anakin just snuff out the life of the, the Emperor? It's right a great then? question. Like why? Like like the revenge. The, the whole reason that he joined the dark side is so that Padme would 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 live right. forever. And that deal kind well, of there's fell like, through. There's that one <laughs> little line that Sheev throws in there, you know, kind of like maybe together mm-hmm. we can find the secrets to, you know, whatever. And it's just sort of a, it's very cheap, but it's thrown in there to, 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 you know, for for the Lemmings to not question too deeply the structure of the plot or characterization, I guess. Yeah, I just felt it was. And that's what I liked about this this fan film. It it shows he's constantly thinking about killing the emperor. Right. It's just like he's playing it out in his head. I'm like, yes, that is exactly what I believe Vader would be doing. Just constantly, and that and that's the way of the Sith too. The Sith, uh, you know, they, they value that betrayal and that and that intrigue and that wanting to destroy your master and and become the next master. So I like how Palpatine is like, I, I kind of know what you're thinking. You're trying to figure out how to. The performances you know, were pretty good, you know. I think too. I mean, so you've got a good motivation for this in terms of the story that it tries to cover. Um, I thought Vader surprisingly sounded a lot like um, uh, what's his name, uh, James Earl Jones. You know, it, it was obviously not James Earl Jones, but it wasn't like you know Pee Wee Herman's voice. So I mean, I accepted that. <laughs> um, <laughs> That would have been an interesting. I think that's for episode two. Yeah. You know, they have that one uh, in the chamber for us. Um, but Sheev was a little different. You know, yes. like there were moments. I thought the actor who played Sheev was actually a talented actor, but there was something about the voice. I don't know. He sounded like he had some kind of a Moroccan accent or something to his his prosody. Did you pick up on that? I did, and I thought that he might be from the same um, planet or country as Mike Zero. <laughs> Maybe it is Mike Zero. <laughs> it's Zerovian. Yeah, it was it's just like an, an implacable sort of feeling of what is this yes. guy's accent, and I just couldn't place it. You know, the planet of Canada. You know, right, right. <laughs> so, ha- has the part two come out yet? I haven't seen it. If it has, you mean the second shard? The second no. shard. <laughs> yes, shard in my pants, and tell me that I'm a dark lord of the Sith. <laughs> hey, this is, you told me you told me I have to keep this kid friendly, so I won't bring in the whole S and M stuff with like uh, Vader being his pet and the black leather. And oh the, wow, yeah. Oh, yeah. The possibilities for the, porn parodies are are unbelievable. Yes. 
Uh, you almost got the feeling like this this was somebody parodying a porn parody of Star Wars. I mean, it just it had that feeling to it of just the intimacies, you know, the Vader hugging Padme. I mean, what was that? That was just incredible. Yeah, I uh, I couldn't watch that with a straight I face. I have no comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was faker than fake, you know. Um, I just it was like the stuff of nightmares, but it was also kind of appealing. Well, well, I know there were some people that were mocking it relentlessly, but I actually feel like that that's something that's always bothered me. Like I said, so to see something that has always bothered me addressed with such passion where it's not just a conversation that I have with my friends while I'm drinking, like, oh, you know, why didn't Vader just, like, totally kill it? Somebody spent a lot of time and effort and money. and $100,000 you know, like, worth. Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, so they, I, I, can't, I, I can't crap on it because there was the scene with the bringing out the, the heavy, um, the, the, the machine gunner troopers. Oh, right. And just, like, blasting them. And he's just still kind of whole. I thought that was really cool, yeah. Because he, he's basically that's his fantasy, though. Really, if you think about it, right? And that, and that that's all him playing it out in his mind, right? Well, and that that was one of the things that confused me. Much like people say about making Star Wars, it was hard to determine what was real and what was not real. Ah, uh, yes, yes, we have been accused of that at times. See, I. I want more content like this. I mean, the more we get of stuff like this, the happier I'm going to be and the easier my job is going to be too, you know. So just bring it on. Yes. I mean, that that's really my first attitude. So the more fan content, the more stuff we get, uh, the richer the galaxy. So um, in any case, uh, we, you know, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll make this a special feature and, and review the second uh, episode when it does come out in the new year. But um, for now – Episode one, uh, Shards of the Past. That's Shard with a D at the end. Um, please enjoy uh, that for free on YouTube. So great. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I I highly recommend it, and I definitely will be on board to review the other one. Duel of the face. Duel of the face. Well, uh, Teeb, a new year means an all-new start, which is great news for you, since if memory serves, you and IG ended last year on a losing streak in the game that took the galaxy by storm in 2018. Well, we're demanding a recount, so... Right. Well, of course, I am talking about our very own Duel of the Fakes. That's right, the game where one true story is hiding among some true fakes. Uh, do you think you've got the hang of the game by now? Will 2019 be a year of victorious dueling for you, Teeb? It's one of my most attainable New Year's resolutions. It says so in the stars. And it also says so in the script, huh? <laughs> I never read the script. Nah. It's garbage. Garbage. Well, I'm no astrologist, but let's see if you're right. Um, remember the same rules as last year. I'll read three supposedly fake Star Wars news headlines or stories, and it's your job to guess which one's the real story, only posing as fake news. Got it? Yeah. I hope so because, like, you know, you've only played this, like, 35 times now, so. No, like, more like six, but yeah, okay. Right. 
So on this edition of Duel of the Fakes, the theme is innovation within Star Wars. Uh, you know, this whole episode is kind of uh, has its eyes on the future, innovation, technology, development in the Star Wars universe and in fandom. Um, so focus on the splinter in your mind's eye, Teeb, because here we go. All right. Story number one, Invader Immortal. The upcoming Star Wars VR series produced by ILMX Lab, players get to step into the dark side shoes of not only Vader himself, but also his loyal manservant, Vanay, last seen in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. According to writer David S. Goyer, in the Vanay episode, you must decide which guests to let in to see Vader. Choose unwisely, <laughs> and you will pay a hefty price. We are told among the castle guests is none other than Supreme Leader Snoke, who will appear as a much more handsome version of the damaged goods that are seen in the sequel trilogy. Now, you laughed. Now, do you know who Vanee or Vanee, V-A-N-E-E, with a little accent, um, you know, blaster <laughs> mark on the E? Do you, do you know who that is? No, <laughs> so I've never if, heard of this guy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So there was a, a brief period of speculation when Rogue One came out that this guy was actually Snoke in Rogue One. So I don't know if you remember, there's a scene where this kind of, you know, it's sort of, um, oh, who's the hunchback of Notre Dame? You know, like an Igor Quasimodo. kind of character or Quasimodo sort of type character uh, stumbles into Vader's sort of recuperation room where he's in the back to tank and he's like, you know, somebody's here to see you, master. And he looks kind of shriveled and <laughs> ugly, but not quite as bad as Snoke. So a lot of people were like, oh, that's Snoke. That's Snoke. Anyway, um, so yeah, you, you basically get to play the, uh, the, um, uh, the doorman of Mustafar. So that's insane because, like, if you put somebody in there, so like if, if Vader has like a, like a big party, you have to determine like where to seat the guests. I guess so. Based yeah. on like, like that's that's a thing. Like wow. affinities, yeah. Do you want to put Jabba next to uh, you know Boba Fett, or you know where where are they going to be for the dinner party on Mustafar? I guess so. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, sounds interesting. Um, so here's the second story that should be fake, but it could be a sheep in wolves clothing. President Trump's Moon to Mars mission will use Star Wars technology to power spaceships. Yes, the spacecraft will use solar electricity to then create plasma through an electromagnetic field. To put it simply, plasma is the stuff that supposedly drives everything from X-Wing and TIE Fighters to Star Destroyers and even Death Stars throughout the entire Star Wars franchise. So that's story two. And last but certainly not least, on the second anniversary of Carrie Fisher's passing, her brother mm. decided to share like a few details regarding how Lucasfilm would be using his clearly, dearly departed sister in episode nine. Uh, according to Todd Fisher, J.J. Uh, Abrams is going to be combining unused footage from The Force Awakens along with all new, get this, motion capture performance by a look-alike actress. Where have we heard that before? Uh, sounds mm. vaguely familiar to what they did with, I think it was, not Ben Mendelsohn, but uh, whoever played Tarkin in Rogue One. So both yes. per both performances will be dig digitally meshed to look and sound seamless. 
Uh, Fisher mentioned that Leia's grave in the film will be kept a secret, as the First Order would be keen to desecrate any reminder of the hope that General Leia provided to the galaxy. Uh, because of that, we're told that the portable grave is always with Rey, who continues to receive visions of hope and important advice from Leia. So you hmm. have story number one um, about uh, the Vader Immortal uh, virtual reality uh, game with Vanet. Story number two about uh, President Trump's Moon to Mars spacecraft technology. And story number three about the motion capture meshing performance with Carrie Fisher's original uh, footage from The Force Awakens being meshed together in Episode Nine. Which one do you think is the real fake, 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 uh, Teeb? Which well, Regis, I'd like to uh, eliminate one of the uh, options if that's possible. Okay, okay. Well, um, in the spirit of um, of true generosity, at the start of the new year, um, I'll let you pick between two stories, and then uh, you know I'll eliminate one of those two. The the Leia one. Okay, the Leia one and? And the Plasma one. The Plasma one. Okay, so um, I am going to eliminate the story about uh, Leia. So that is actually a fake story. It's not true. Um, Todd Fisher did come forward talking about the performance, but he only confirmed that J.J. is going to be using lots of old uh, Force Awakens footage. Um, there's absolutely no plans to use any CGI to add more Leia into the film, so they're just going to have to write the entire script for Episode Nine to work around the few outtakes that they had from Force Awakens. I had actually, I, I kind of cheated a little bit on that because I think I heard something about that with uh, with regards yeah. to how they weren't going to be using the motion capture. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they are going to use some kind of digital wizardry but just the same amount that they would normally use for any actor who is living as well. So as long as it doesn't exceed the normal amount, then I think it's okay. Yeah, if you think about um, Brandon Lee in The Crow, they didn't have all the fancy CGI stuff and definitely didn't have the mocap and all that. That's right. But um, they did a decent job with what they had um, to work with because they had no choice. So, right. And it's ILM. You know they're going to have a lot of tricks up their sleeve. So. sure. So what's it going to be? Do you think it's the um, the virtual reality or the uh, ion plasma technology that's the real story? Well, because 2019 is the year to win, I'm going to eliminate the uh, the Vinay story. There's no way that's real. <laughs> This is like this is Star Wars attempt at you know um, hitting that Butler Hotel Restaurant Management uh, demographic. I mean, if that is a, if they're really doing that, I I would I would love to do that. I, I mean, but again, what is what is what are you going to do? You're going to follow around Vader and pick up his turds, you know, his his charred turd. Rem I don't know. Yeah, it, you're basically Jeeves for Vader or like um, Batman, uh, who's Alfred. Yeah, Alfred. Yeah, I mean, which. I mean, if Vader were Batman, that would be cool. But what does Vader do? I don't know. I and mean, they are uh, both orphans yeah. in a way, you know. Uh, uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce, uh, who's Batman? Wayne. Bruce Wayne and uh, don't tell people. Anakin Jesus. Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, neither of them have fathers, <laughs> right? So, 
Well, you're right. Uh, it is the second one about President Trump's plan. Um, so, wow. Yeah, it's interesting. NASA revealed on Monday actually that this they're actually duplicating uh, technology from Star Wars, and it's part of the Solar Electric Propulsion Project. So the the whole purposes of this, I guess, is to eliminate the need for kind of chemical propellants that are used in rocket uh, motors uh, to make deep deep space travel um, and moon to Mars missions more of a reality. And the, the basic reason for this is that solar power is a superior fuel. So they, they take the solar power and then somehow are able to uh, transfer that into this plasma technology, which is exactly the way um, the Star Wars TIE fighters work. Many people don't know that the TIE fighters actually, uh, you know, had um, uh, solar panels on them as part of their array and so uh it's really just taking what was invented in star wars and turning it into something something that nasa can use now so so trump is actually embracing solar energy to get us to mars yes that's right we have to impeach him immediately <laughs> obviously Yes. Well, congratulations. You're one for one in 2019. I uh, I would write this down in a very important place and, and keep it secret, keep it safe, uh, because the chances that you're going to go two for two and oh are very slim. So. All right. Well, challenge accepted, buddy. <laughs> as long as I beat IG 69, that's all that matters. Yes. He's still on vacation uh, assassinating his family. We'll have him back hopefully in a couple of weeks, though. So. He's trying to find that castle in Vancouver. That's right. That's right. Yep. So. Do all of the fakes. Do all of the fakes. At what point do you say enough is enough? In 2012, we got the news the creator was selling his stories and his soul to Disney, but we never imagined just how bad things would get under this Mickey Mouse mistress. Everything is definitely not playing out as we have foreseen. From the lesser rehashing of A New Hope in 2015, calling itself The Force Awakens, to the latest fan fiction nightmare, The Last Jedi, which was a full frontal assault to original trilogy devotees, we are witnessing the end. We had a small spark of promise with Rogue One, but we can't forgive her for killing off the Boba Fett movie following the fan revolt of Solo, and now she's determined to close out the Skywalker saga under the direction of an idiot who couldn't figure out how to properly end an incredibly successful TV series. This woman has her finger on the franchise. That should terrify you all. Use that fear, turn it into anger, fill it with seething hate, and join us and tell your congressman he has an obligation to the fanboys to keep Star Wars pure of social justice filth and diversity quotas. Sign the petition at catclean.gov and let your voices cry out across the galaxy, our galaxy, so that a long time from now you won't have to tell your younglings you did nothing while this vile fraud destroyed a franchise. Well, Teeb, uh, this is a magnanimous a moment here on the podcast where we have another poll. 
Um, it's one of one of our favorite bits. Uh, people are constantly doing these polls on Twitter, um, asking uh, which part of Faking Star Wars Radio do you like as the best part? And uh, the poll is frequently one of the things that people respond to as their favorite part. So, I'm glad to be a part of this segment. Yes. Then, well, this particular poll is not a. Um, um, you know, like a meta, a meta poll about polls, but it's, uh, comes to us from Willie Bobo at faking star Wars on Twitter. And I know says, that guy. Yeah. You've heard of him before, right? I have, I have, he's, he's famous. He's so, ubiquitous yeah. on Twitter. Actually one third of all tweets on Twitter are tweeted by Willie Bobo. Little known fact. Ah, interesting. Interesting. So that means that if you are reading a tweet, you have a 33% chance that Willie Bobo originally wrote it. So that checks out. I know. Um, his goal for uh, 2019 is to bring that up to 50%. So the, all you have to do is flip a coin. So, hmm. Yeah. So uh, issue 25 of the Darth Vader comic book series strongly hints at Darth Sidious being Anakin Skywalker's father. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about that going back all the way to Revenge of the Sith when, um, you know, Sheev Palpatine told Anakin about the midichlorians um, being, you know, um, you know, manipulated to create life. Uh, now it seems like this comic book is going to be picking up on that theme and possibly develop developing it a little bit more. What do you think about that? I think uh, it holds about as much uh, credibility as our Clay story from last week. Oh, right. Yes, the fake-a-meter didn't like that one. Well, no. um, according to your headcanon, who is Vader's real father? Uh, here are your choices. Darth Plagueis, Darth Sidious, the Force, or Qui-Gon Jinn? Uh, unlike the rumors that are going around, I do not have a headcanon. I have a butt cannon. Oh, okay. And it shoots out shards of the Force. Wow, wow. That's an image that I had hoped that would would not ruin my 2019 as it already ruined my 2018. But thanks for that. I had to destroy your hopes and dreams. So you don't have a particular choice here, or what do you think? Give me the choices again, and do it in a silly accent. Ah, okay. Um, wow. Uh, any particular country or Star Wars character or... It could be it could be anything from the Star Wars or anything from your your you know insane imagination. I don't know. Surprise me. How about if I do an Italian doing a Russian accent doing salacious crumb? Ooh, I like that. I heard Darth Plagueis, Darth Sidious, the Force, Qui Gon Jinn. That sounded a lot more like Watto, but I'll go with it. Uh, oh, well. I would have Italian, to say the Force. Italian Jew, you know, they have a lot of overlap in there. I would have to say the Force because yeah. it's the Force. He's he's uh, he's an immaculate conception with the midichlorians. The midichlorians, they all did things to Shmi. It's like, like that Freddy galactic Kruger. sperm bank in the sky, the midichlorians. Well, it's like Freddy Krueger. They all, you know, got together and... Nobody really knows who the father is. It's just one of the many billions of midichlorians that got decided to get with her. Well, you're right. Yeah. That That is the favorite choice so far. Um, and this poll has had over 50 uh, votes already. Um, and 48% of our respondents responded with the force. 
in second is Darth Plagueis with 21%, then Darth Sidious and 13%, bringing up the proverbial rear in this case, can't get someone pregnant that way, is Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm interested in the comic. I haven't read it yet. Uh, have you Have you read it? Are you planning to read it? Well, here's the thing. I have read the first five or six of the Darth Vader books, of the, mm. the the comics, but I haven't. I, I stopped because they were free, and you know I'm a cheap son of a Sith. We've got to and, save up uh, money for popcorn for when Episode Nine comes out in December, right? What's that? You have to save up money for popcorn for when Episode Nine comes out in the some in December, right? Oh, I don't eat popcorn. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a fun fact about me. I hate popcorn. Amazing. So make sure you write that down somewhere because don't ever bring that up again and okay. we'll be we'll be fine it's i'll make sure i'll make sure to to write that down in my books in my book of doing dotes yes that'll work no but I, I i am going to read the uh next or not the next i'm gonna skip ahead i'm gonna i read through the uh up to five and now i'm gonna skip ahead because i love our listeners so much i'm going to read the the 25th issue where they supposedly reveal this nonsense and then Very we can cool. talk about it on the next cast so, so stay tuned so the implication i guess is that uh darth sidious you know um learned from Plagueis how to manipulate the binoculars and then possibly did it unwittingly maybe even that he he managed to create such a virgence that it created life but he didn't know it was successful and then maybe found out later is that kind of the idea of this it, it sounds kind of ridiculous to me, and that's why I want to read the book because I think she was actually already pregnant, hmm. and he used the force to infuse ah. the force onto this child, like a fine uh, sachet of green tea. Sure, right. So he he got his little uh, force tea bag. She bagged Shmi while Anakin was in the womb. You're saying that? Let me understand this. You're saying that she Palpatine teabagged Shmi, and that's how we got Darth Vader, the most badass. It makes sense to me. I don't know. (laughs) Now I really have to read it because, uh, yeah. Now you know where Disney gets their ideas for for Kari Kari sounds like a good option. Yeah. Well, let us know uh, how it turns out um, on the next episode, or you know, when we uh, when we have you back on the show. But uh, for now, uh, we have still a lot of time to speculate wildly about the um, the the verif- verif- verifiability of this rumor, uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what Disney has in store for us. Well, who does Shmi live with? C three PO. And. Anakin. And? Uh, uh, am I missing something? I don't know. Who else? Her master. Oh, Watto. Mm-hmm. Oh, Anakin could be Watto's bastard child, too. I never considered that. The he was sp- pretty, you know, reluctant to give up the his slaves, wasn't he? Yes, he was. That's true. And in a way, uh, you know, if you think about it, they, they both have the same um, sort of... Uh, you know, steely exterior and un, and you know un, in unwillingness to compromise. So, 
If Watto isn't Darth Vader's father, perhaps he's Thrawn's father. He is blue, after all. Oh, that could be. Yeah. He has to be somebody's father, because otherwise he's just some weird junk merchant that flies around like a gnat. He's a Toydarian, and, and I mean, is, aren't they the first kind of s- subplot of, like, the Clone Wars? Isn't that the very first scene, uh, episode that has a Toydarian uh, kind of dispute between... It's like Yoda versus the Huntress. Uh, what's her name? Um, the Sith Huntress. Ventress, Ventress yes. So they're, they're, like, kind of uh, staging against each other on this planet, and, and Yoda, like, basically, you know, shows her how it's done. And I think the Toydarians then decide to join the rebellion or something like that. Really? Yeah, I yeah. Don't so Watto, Watto has has seen it all. You know, he's been around the block. His species, I guess, you know, have their own planet and stuff. So who really knows um, how many uh, bastard children he's sired in the galaxy? Maybe that's well, the theme of Ryan Johnson's he, new trilogy. Actually, well, he says that he he's not a weak minded fool, so he can't be manipulated by you know he. he, he only credits work on him, not you know, not force tricks or mind tricks or whatever. But then he doesn't—he doesn't even seem to know that Qui Gon Jinn just kind of flipped the dice. Like he never realizes that like the force he can use it to just kind of move the dice over. He never—he never catches on to that. Yeah, Qui Gon was very subtle by moving his hand slowly over across his body at the same time that the dice moved. So I could see how he could have had trouble picking that up. Yeah, just never go to Vegas with Watto because you're gonna walk out with no money. That's yeah. for sure. Craps with Watto, great. Craps with Watto. That that's that's a T-shirt right there. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the luck dice or the chance dice, or whatever they are. A chance, chance cube. It's not a dice. It's a cube, right? Yes. So, I just happen to have a chance cube handy. In my ball sack, my ball sack <laughs> purse that I that I wear. <laughs> oh, nice gosh. coin purse. Like who is designing that garbage? It's amazing. So, like that's that's what a that's what a, well, I guess that's what a flighted species would wear because their backpack would get all encumbered in their wings. So, it's like a little fanny pack for a toy. Do you think he like uses a toilet, or he just kind of just goes wherever he is because he can fly around and he just kind of like. You know, it wasn't me, and it's like you know he's out of there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm really thinking about Watto a lot today. I don't know. He's been on my mind a lot. He needs more love. Justice for Watto. Justice for Watto. Hashtag Justice for Watto. Galactic taking news. And we're back. Well, uh, we have a very, very special guest with me um, today, it, uh, none other than Derp Fakes. Now, if you're not familiar with Derp Fakes, that's D-E-R-P-F-A-K-E-S, I suggest that you Google it and uh, check out the YouTube channel, Derp Fakes, as well. Um, this is going to be a really, really interesting interview. Um, now, we've never met in person. We've just talked very briefly. Yeah, yeah. Five minutes. Tell us, in a nutshell, what it, what got you into doing what you do, and, and explain a little bit about what you were doing with um, uh, some of the Han Solo material that you created, um, and how you got into this. Sure. So, back in about January, uh, late January of 2018, there was a subreddit that came up uh, called Deepfakes, and the initial creator, the the user Deepfakes. He uploaded some scripts. Um, they were Python scripts, and they essentially allowed faces to be swapped 
on video. And you might be familiar with things like um, on Instagram and, and Snapchat. There's all these kind of face swapping things, but it's like a very advanced version of that. Um, initially, people used it. The original uploader used it to create pornographic material. Um, right, swapping right. famous actresses uh, onto inappropriate videos. And that's kind of the direction that that community was going in. I think the they actually took my face and used it in several of their initial videos. I, I am a very <laughs> handsome man, so I was very upset by that. Yeah, I mean, the, I don't know what the reactions of these actresses were, but I can't imagine that they were favorable. Um, it's what I've always and, wanted to do, be in a pornogra pornographic yeah. video for free. <laughs> um, There's just people lining so up, you know, let me in, let me in. <laughs> exactly. So having kind of seen where it was going, where it was all headed, I decided I was going to look at the scripts and see what they did and try my own thing out with it. So and, is, is your background more in computer coding or more video production or both? By trade, I'm not involved in any of the above. I see. Um, it's very much a hobby. Um, and it was more the video kind of thing, but I've always been to visual effects and and video editing and things like that and it must have taken you some time to to get used to the to the the script and be able to apply it in a way that that worked i suppose sure i mean i've got enough knowledge of every aspect of um the process to be able to create something acceptable and it's still i mean trial and error is the key with the whole thing really it's, it's a case of learning what works what doesn't work um and even then, I would say maybe 30% of what I make actually makes the cut. Uh, and even then, some of it isn't that that great. It's still early days for the technology. Um, well, we, we really appreciate that you're using your technology for safe for work videos because uh, Faking Star Wars Radio and our website as well prides itself on remaining PG-13 at, at our worst. Um, so can you kind of explain why you've adopted that sort of strict decency policy and, and maybe going a little bit more in the humor um, vein with this technology? Sure. Um, so the original um, video that I uploaded to my YouTube channel was uh, from Rogue One, and it was the Princess Leia shot right at the end of the movie. And the CGI team at Industrial Light and Magic, they had taken an actress who looked very, very similar to Carrie Fisher in terms of face shape and things like that, and they had um, essentially spent God knows how much money and a lot of time CGIing Carrie Fisher's face onto the original actress who kind of was uh, standing in, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I decided, hey, there's data, you know, in terms of I can go to A New Hope and um, Empire Strikes Back. I can take Carrie Fisher's face from um, frames from those movies and I can apply it to this uh, at the end of Rogue One. So you're basically and, making a, 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 a fake of a fake, essentially. Yeah. And it we was love just it. Out we of, love it. It, would, it, would, it was complete curiosity. There was no... Um, kind of thinking behind it in terms of <laughs> the, the, the ethics or anything like that. That kind of thing definitely became more of a focus for me later on, mm -hmm. um, particularly as the attention of the whole 
early subreddit and my work it, it grew and it, it became a much bigger thing back then i was just a guy making a video that i thought would be kind of fun and as my videos kind of progressed i started to think hey you know the original community it's doing what it's doing and um i didn't have an interest in that i thought that the uses could actually be way broader um and much more safe for work than than what those guys were doing and it's um it's just continued from there really you know i've done i've done a number of star wars things but i've done all, all kinds of things and it is usually humor based um mm. and i think the reason for that is that people kind of they read a lot of news articles about deep fakes and the 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 intense kind of scrutiny that it's under and and rightly so um but i don't think it's all bad and i like to kind of show that there's a bit of fun and there's there's other capabilities to people um and it, it, it's going to go down that road one way or another. Yeah, I mean, the Wild West is here, right? So um, some way or yeah. other, they're going to figure out what's, what, is with, what it is with this technology. I mean, I know um, Adobe has a program that they've been working on for several years that will let you fake somebody's voice as well. Um, I don't know where that technology is uh, yet in terms of being marketable or useful for, for film or for, you know, other things. But I'm sure eventually, I mean, I'm sure it already has become important for like politics and things like that. Um, so you're right. I mean, it's, it's, things are definitely changing and, you know, we, we're really at the forefront of this because we understand that this technology really at its core is designed for entertainment. It's designed to make people happy. And that's why here with the podcast, we're all about, you know, fakery and, and for the sake of, of people and just enjoying their lives and, and not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but do it in a way that's, um, more wholesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I, you know, I, I didn't have the permission um, of any of the people I've used, but I've tried to do it in the most respectful way I could. And in time, it will definitely get to a point where these people do give permission and they, they give data sets themselves. Um, so they can be in, uh, whether it's movies or commercials or whatever it may be, where, where they're part of the process rather than a third party to it. Well, in, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining a world in which people could pay you to do like a birthday card where they send you, you know, pictures of their, um, you know, website CEO or whatever. And then you put that person into his favorite scene of Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. So we could take Kathleen Kennedy, for example, and we could turn her into Amalyn Holdo from The Last Jedi for a scene and send that to her and, you know, for thank her for all the work she's done to keep <laughs> Star Wars uh, going. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Nicholas Cage, I guess, kind of seems to be your muse. Uh, I, you've, you know, most of your videos, uh, not most, but a lot of them have have him, uh, you know, in the video. Where did your obsession with him kind of start? I guess. I don't. I don't really know. To be honest, I think part of it was just internet culture. Um, part of it was the fact that once you have one data set, which comprises of all these images from different angles with different lighting and and so on of of a person's face you can reuse that data set so i had a good one for nicholas cage and the rest is history i see so it's sort of like once you build your sandbox then it's easier to play in it if you use the same character exactly yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. You know, imagine he was in in a Star Wars uh, film. Like, what character would you like to replace with Nicolas Cage if you if you uh, had a chance? You know, looking back at maybe the original trilogy or something, who would you sub in with Nicolas Cage's face? There's so much to think about. So you've got the face shape, you've got the body type, you've got whether the actual original footage is suitable in terms of the angle and the the lighting and all these different things. And even the performance, right? I mean, because if they're doing some sort of extreme facial uh, performance, I'm sure that affects the way the data maps onto it in some way. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to kind of consider all these things. And off the top of my head, I mean, I can't think of, I mean, maybe um, Tarkin even. He's kind of got a thin face. Um, early Nicolas Cage might it might work uh I was thinking Obi-Wan Cage Cage Obi you know I mean uh, <laughs> I think he could really bring it home uh and and just that sultry voice too if you could you could change the voice as well right I mean it's like Luke but would, I'm your father you know <laughs> but would that be uh Ewan McGregor or would we be going old school with that oh boy I don't know you might you might be wise to start with uh Alec Guinness I mean he's already dead he can't he can't come back and sue you so <laughs> <laughs> may he rest try in peace. yeah we don't want to insult Alec Guinness we're big fans of his on the podcast but so um you know one of the um one of the the latest derp fakes that you've done, well, it's in the last few months, was when you replaced Alden Ehrenreich's face um, in several scenes from uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story. And was that because you didn't care for his performance or you just wanted to, you know, see what you could do with Harrison Ford? Or was it because of some kind of, you know, dislike of the movie or what, what was your thinking in terms of that process? I mean, myself, and I know millions of fans around the world, it's part of their childhood. There's this kind of um, this deeper feeling towards the old movies and, and those characters. I didn't think that he did a bad job in the new solo movie, but I think a lot of people wanted to see it, myself included, with sure. Harrison Ford, uh, a young Harrison Ford in that role. and. One of the things that I thought was kind of fascinating was there were there were moments where I actually wasn't sure what I was looking at. I wasn't sure now is are all the shots uh, solo like are they all Harrison Ford or are they is there one or two that's Alden Ehrenreich because it's almost uh, beguiling to the mind. I mean, uh, it's sometimes very hard to actually tell the difference when they have the same hair, same costume, same voice and performance. It's almost like the face isn't that important in terms of uh you know passing the the information on to the brain i don't know did you did, have you experienced that at all when you're doing that like when you're creating these videos you're like wait a minute have i faked it yet or not or is this real yeah for sure i mean sometimes i'll be watching uh kind of the the rough cut so to speak after i've done the initial um, uh-huh. the, the initial uh, training and everything with the script and i'll think hey is this a merge between the two of them is it one is it the other because your your brain is telling you it's not harrison ford but then your eyes are saying it, it is but it maybe is, yeah. it isn't i don't know <laughs> you know it, it's kind of it's not it's not 100 percent, and that that kind of 10 or 20 percent either way does throw your brain off and you're not entirely sure what what you're looking at that's kind of the creep factor you know involved in doing these kind of digital creations of faces and i think it's one of the reasons why the technology is still in development i mean hollywood has kind of shied away from that we've talked about that before on the podcast this idea of the uncanny valley where you know the closer you get to reality without it being actually 
real, then there's sort of like a you know, a disgust reaction that happens and, and rejects it. But I think you're getting really close to, to crossing that, which is just absolutely amazing. The, the, the processing power, I mean, to, to do this on a computer, I mean, what kind of machine do you need to create this kind of stuff? You know, it's not like a specialist unit. It's not a workstation. It's, so, I mean, you a... can, there's this is consumer-grade stuff that can do this kind of power. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. Anyone can do it. Anyone with a decent budget can go ahead and do exactly what i've done is this gonna go mobile i mean that will really change things yeah i mean within the next few years potentially you could have a very high-end product so then it would just be about creating a user interface that could work on phones and then the processing stuff happens in the cloud right yeah so if you have any interest in partnering with faking star wars on an app to allow people to fake their own faces on any Star Wars uh, scene of their choosing, I can I can assure you that we would definitely be interested in going down that road. So, well, <laughs> I would be happy, but I can't because of contractual obligations. <laughs> so, um, I'm a, unfortunately, yeah. Have has has being derp fakes now has this changed your sort of vocation, or have you had uh, job offers come out of it, or any kind of um, Things like that? Yeah. I mean, without too much detail, yeah, a lot of people have approached me. And um, there's one which uh, kind of stood out to me. And I think that's the road that I'm going to go down. There's nothing set in stone by any means, but um, the process is definitely underway. So, so. if you're not working um, as a lead animator, graphic designer on Star Wars Episode Nine, then don't not say anything after I ask you this question. Okay. Wow. So you really are. You're on episode nine. That's fantastic. I know you can't share anything, but um, I mean, we, we're really hoping to see how this technology might be played out. You know, um, what would you do for episode nine? I mean, this has been a big question with, with Leia. Um, and I mean, I, you actually might be on episode nine. I don't know. But um, in terms of just uh, bringing her back, I mean, we, we have to send her off. Right. I know I know people have speculated what's going to happen with her character. Do you think your technology could be used in a way to give her that send off that we all are really wanting in, in the final uh, installment? In theory, yes, it's I would say it's not quite there yet. Not for, you know, feature length, big blockbuster movie, especially the likes of Star Wars. I don't think it's quite there. Okay. But having said that. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, uh, Disney has a lot of resources. Sure, so sure. Who knows? You know, have you been contacted by any lawyers asking you to take down any of your creative work? We we have been. Uh, we're constantly deluged by people telling us to take down uh, stories we've written. So if you have, that's something we have, we could give you some advice on. Actually, no. Oh, well, no you're lawyers. very fortunate. If you do need a good lawyer, better call Maul. He's always available for a very <laughs> modest retainer. So, No, but. lots of reporters, but no lawyers. Okay, oh, very yeah. good. Well, um, I can tell from your accent that you're not from uh, New York. Um, I'm trying <sighs> to place you uh, in the United States, and I, I haven't traveled very much here. Um, I am in the U.S. myself. So where exactly are you from in the U.S.? From New York. Oh really? Okay, wonderful. Yeah. Um, but seriously, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm I'm guessing that you're working over in the UK. Is that correct? Yeah, just okay. outside London. Just outside London. Okay, and and I know that a lot of the Star Wars movies are shot actually in um, 
the UK for tax reasons and you know they get a, a lot of help from the government to, to shoot those movies over there do you think you know being a, a, a fan in in England do you think there's a, a different focus uh, when it comes to Star Wars compared to maybe some of the American fandom even online I mean there's a lot of you know the American Star Wars fans are very very noisy um, but I know that there's a lot of British uh, Star Wars podcasts and, and fans as well um, you know, I've had some interaction with some of them, but in my experience, there's a little different emphasis, I guess, in terms of reliving the movies and enjoying them. Do you find that to be the case? I mean, I, Star Wars is huge over here. Um, maybe not quite the same as in America, but I mean, for me, myself and all of my friends going way back, we loved Star Wars and we got involved with. Um, you know premieres and and making fan-made videos and and all these kind of things and i think the love over here is is pretty much on par with the u.s um i think just because a lot of it is filmed over here there's no particular um particular extra love or, or different different outlook on it it's uh, not like it's... you know when they shot uh the um Lord of the Rings trilogy in uh, New Zealand, right? I mean, you're in England. They're used to these big blocks, big blockbuster films being shot over there, so it's sort of been there, done that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think it's Pinewood Studios where a lot of um, sports was filmed, and we've had James Bond being filmed there for fifty, sixty years now. Right, right. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I would say that most Star Wars fans, sort of casual fans in the UK, don't even know that it's filmed here huh. there's not there's not that kind of big association really well um we'd like to you know uh have you back on the podcast uh, do you have any plans in the future for any new um derp fakes i know you got to kind of keep some of this stuff secret but any any more ideas for uh, future star wars related derp fakes yeah a few um i mean talking of alec guinness there's the whole Ewan McGregor, Alec Guinness kind of swap over. Oh, especially scene. with the speculation about new Obi-Wan film. I think that would be a good one. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's definitely going to be more Star Wars dub fakes in the future. We'd definitely. love to see you take Jar Jar's face and fake it onto Emperor Palpatine because we all know that he actually is the same person deep down. <laughs> so, <laughs> The Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I think maybe George Lucas should make an appearance at some point as well. Oh, absolutely, yes. Put him on the Rancor monster or the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, um, you're, you're, uh, you have a YouTube channel called Derp Fakes. Um, do you have any other things you'd like to promote? I know you have a Patreon. Would you like to tell our fans a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, my Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Derp Fakes. There's a few different tiers there which range from five dollars just to kind of help me out all the way up to a hundred dollars if you want one-on-one -on -one assistance with creating your own stuff or advice about how to take your work forward obviously that's only safe for work stuff i'm not going to help out with your weird whatever it is you're making like if somebody, um, <laughs> yeah, if somebody wants to do a, you know a, a triple x rated scene between a gungan and a hut you're not going to have that well i mean that maybe 
but anything else, no. <laughs> that would be artful, right? So. <laughs> well, we do hope that, you know, we, we have a, a few Patreon supporters here and, and anything we can do to, to give get you some uh, exposure. Um, but it sounds like you may not need any. I mean, uh, you've been interviewed by several different news outlets lately. Uh, what was your, you know, uh, oddest or, you know, most exciting interview that you've done uh, in the last few months? Other than this one, of course. Uh, <laughs> this has actually been one of the more fun ones. Um, a lot of the guys who contacted me, particularly early on, were very, why are you doing this? You know, kind of negative from the outset. And I don't really appreciate that. Um, I think for me, perhaps the biggest one was the New York Times, because it, it kind of went from online things, vice and and things like that and new york times was the first big news corporation to contact me and that was kind of when i thought all right okay we're getting uh, we're getting somewhere well it's been a, a real pleasure having you on and uh you know we look forward to collaborating on that app in the future and uh bringing fans dreams to to reality together <laughs> it's gonna happen sooner or later yeah it's gonna happen this is my Christmas present this year. So. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, uh, we look forward to seeing your work in the future. Thanks a lot, Derp. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Okay. The following is a paid advertisement by Fuzzy Feelings Fandom Counseling Services. The dawn of the new year gives us Star Wars fans a time to reflect on both the triumphs and failures of the franchise in 2018. From juicy Episode Nine rumors to a Han Solo that was too short in stature, We've all suffered through the ups and downs in our relationship with the Star Wars universe. For some of us, the stress of being a superfan is a heavy burden. Is the stress causing you to have trouble controlling your angry tweets? Have you lost a job due to a Star Wars-related outburst? Do you feel like you just can't even? Contact the counselors at Fuzzy Feelings Fandom Counseling Service. Here are Fuzzy Feelings Fandom Counseling Services. We offer top-notch treatment for Kathleen Kennedy-related anger issues, itchy Twitter fingers, existential dread about the ruination of your childhood, and many other kinds of fan-related dysfunction. Our licensed counselors are ready to help you address your very serious and important Star Wars franchise-related problems. Take it from some of our satisfied clients. Hi, my name is Tiffany. Um, I'm a waitress at Applebee's, and I was like so freaked out this year because there's no franchise film. So I was eating piles and piles and piles of poutine, like freaking piles of poutine. I gained like 10 pounds in, in a couple of weeks. Um, so I met with the counselors at Fuzzy Feelings Fandom Counseling Services, and it just worked wonders. I mean, I feel so much more even. I feel so much more zen, and I'm eating like 400 calories a day, and I'm like back to my normal self-drinking Diet Coke. So thank you, Fuzzy Feelings Fandom Counseling Services. My my name is George. I had, had it legally changed from Ryan after The Last Jedi. I was just too stressed and, and couldn't deal with the fact that 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 rat bastard had the same name as me uh and, and i even i even went so far as to at my friend's house show him that he was wrong for purchasing the last jedi on blu-ray and when i attempted to burn it with a lighter 
I accidentally burned his house down. I'm currently serving three to five years at a state penitentiary in northern Pennsylvania. And the great thing about the counseling services is that they come to me, uh, which I find very helpful uh, because no other court-appointed counseling would take me on. Uh, And since I've been here, they've been able to help me understand that The Last Jedi uh, is just a movie and that I will do better here amongst my peers if I don't make lightsaber sounds in the shower when I urinate and that I also can spend my time pretending to lift rocks in the yard with my mind and everybody will just leave me alone. If you're having trouble coping with the Disney era of Star Wars, then I highly recommend FFFCS. It is for you. It is for me. And uh, please, if you're listening, burn other people's Blu-rays of The Last Jedi. It needs to happen. 2019 is going to be a fandom roller coaster. Don't let Star Wars ruin your entire life. Contact counselors at Fuzzy Feelings Fandom Counseling Services before it's too late. So, Drivel, I mean, uh, what do you think of that interview with Derp Fakes? I mean, this technology, powerful, dangerous, exciting. I mean, what's your first impression? I, I mean, it's it's really getting crazy. I, I think the implications in terms of since we're faking Star Wars and with the amount of fake news that will be out there, we can't be too many months or years away. You know, I've seen somewhere they've, they've taken Kate McKinnon's lines from or appearances on Saturday Night Live as Hillary Clinton, for example, and they've put uh, Hillary Clinton's face over top of it, and it looks 99% real. You know, look how much work ILM put into recreating Tarkin for Rogue One. And, it, you know, it looks good, but it doesn't look that good. Like some of these like deep fakes and derp fake stuff looks more real on somebody's home computer with the sort of, you know, literally amateur technology on a laptop if that's the technology now, where is it going to be in five years or ten years? We'll never know what's real or fake again. I did that Star Wars, The Void, where you get to be a stormtrooper and you wear oh, like you, the, you wear the VR cool. gear and like all of that technology. It's it's frightening because I it's it's always going to be used for the worst things first before it's used for popular entertainment. But uh, you know, I think Derp Fake's just what he did with that solo trailer just really popularized what what it could be. You know, and I think it made a lot of people think why didn't they just use Harrison Ford's image for the movie and, and get Alden to to be the body stand like you know they did that with the uh the social network where, where they had Arnie Hammer play the twins you know oh, there was really? another actor right. always playing the twin and then they digitized his his head over top of it or Benjamin Button with uh with with Brad Pitt uh so you know it's it's not not out of the Hollywood realm, but they spend millions to do it, whereas somebody on their home computer now can just say, yeah, I can do it as good as Hollywood. Get on Amazon and buy like a souped up video card for your computer and the rest is history, you know? Yeah. 
and uh, and uh, Sheev Palpatine is making out with Donald Trump, you know, in the next episode of uh, Shards of the Empire, you know, that YouTube uh, video uh, that that <laughs> the sort of theory is going, you know, Shark, with. I, I think Shards of great. the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, you know, or Shards fan, of the fan, Past. Or whatever. Speaking of that, fan films are always great because they get the aesthetic right. They do some interesting things. But man, oh, man, does the acting suck. Always. Oh, it's terrible, right? It's just. Yeah. It holds them all back, and maybe I'm just a little too critical that I can't buy in. But I mean, but I'll give them credit for this. Shards of the Empire is that what it's called? I think it's Shards of the Past. Shards maybe? of the Past, something. I mean, they gave they're trying to they're trying to give something to fans about Vader that we that we didn't get to see enough of in the prequels. Right. And it's better than 99% of fan films, which is two people running around in Jedi bathrobes in a forest, and then they encounter one of the famous villains and have to have a seven minute lightsaber fight set to pre-existing star Wars music. So I give them mad props because the production design and I, you know, I don't know who the filmmakers are behind it, but it's, it's high caliber. I imagine it's done on the fraction of the budget that a Hollywood movie is. So uh, it's just always like any story. It's always the story and the acting come first. And there's just some, some holes there where you just wish if you're going to go through all of this trouble and have it look this beautiful, (laughs) Maybe have maybe somebody, somebody read it who has some experience first. in creating a movie. Like, don't just go with it, kind of, you know. And honestly, like, I think that Lucasfilm should just give money to some of these people and say, "Hey, go make a short." You, especially with the Disney Plus streaming platform. Imagine if they were just fully funded Star Wars shorts, where they went, "You know what? We're thinking about doing an Old Republic movie or TV series." I mean, obviously they already are. I'm just using it as an example, but. Why not just here? Here you go. Here's fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. Go, go make something. And they could test the waters and see what fans are into, but have have the access to Skywalker Sound and and the the Lucasfilm Story Group and everything else to to make it happen. Kind of rein it in and just be a, a donut of security around everything mm-hmm. they produced, right? So they're never crossing that line where it's just like this is a, this is a fan film. This we, is we can't be far away from a Star Wars choose your own adventure movie like we just got with uh, Black Mirror, the Netflix thing, yeah, the Bandersnatch or whatever it was mm-hmm. called, right? Well, I mean, I was thinking about that with Netflix and the the, the derp fakes too. I think those things are going to go hand in hand eventually, where you're going to see the fan interaction. It, it's actually we're headed to a world where the there is going to be a new a new genre of art, right? That's not. Oh, film. you're th- you're, I mean, you're going to be able to different. pick what actors you want in a movie. Yeah, you're going to be like, I think that Elizabeth Moss was miscast in Handmaid's Tale, so it should should have been Alicia Silverstone as she was <laughs> in the Aerosmith video, skirt and all. Ding! That's what I want to watch. You'll be able to have the ultimate mashup. That's Fantastic. that's probably not that far away. 2019 is looking bright, so there you go. Or you can just say, <laughs> I'm going to use Derp Fakes to make Bird Box just that fireplace screensaver so that I don't have to watch Bird Box. <laughs> right. <laughs> Faking Star Wars listener mail. Well, you know what that sound means, Lord Drivel. It's time for listener mail. We have listeners? Well, not only do we have listeners, but we also have listeners who go to the post office and buy stamps and put them on envelopes and send us mail, believe it or not. That's a that's impressive. Okay, yeah, great. It's amazing, um, right? So, do you um, have a do you have a lightsaber letter opener to open said mail? 
I do. It's actually got uh, Sheev Palpatine's uh, face carved on the handle. So, All these weeks, I've assumed that we just had all fans that were male. I know. But I guess gender isn't a thing anymore. So, Well, next week we're going to have our listener female. So we only have one of those. So, um, But I also wanted to mention, uh, you can join our Discord server. Uh, if you're not familiar with Discord, it's an app that you can download. Um, you can get on our website and find out um, what our Discord channel is. And you can chat with us any time of day. There's somebody on there talking about the latest fake news in Star Wars land. Um, and so that's another way you can contact us. So if you haven't gotten on to our Discord server, um, go to our website and look up Discord. And uh, download the app. It's free. It works great. It's a really good tool. So, And honestly, recommend uh, Faking Star Wars in the Discord for Faking Star Wars to your true Star Wars uh, fans because anybody who is unhappy with the constant news they're getting out of the, the regular Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson ruined everything. Uh, sometimes faking news is just a lot of fun. That's right. That's right. And we always are looking for new people to uh, to help co-host as well. So uh, you can start there. You you started as a lowly uh, tweet bot, didn't you, uh, Drivel? And you've worked your ways up in the ranks to become a, a co-host. I was. I worked in the tweet room, and now I'm here. I am standing on top of the world. Yeah, yeah we're an equal opportunity employer. So. Um, well, this question comes to us from Gray Walker, who uh, is female, I should say. I, I actually I misgendered her uh, on our last listener mail. I am very apologetic for that. Um, but anyway, uh, she writes, In The Force Awakens, there's a moment when Rey is pointing for Finn to hand her some tape to fix BB-8. But when the frame cuts to another shot, she's pointing with a different hand. Does this mean that Ray is ambidextrous? Oh, what a fascinating question. Well, I truly believe this is the mystery box telling us <laughs> that she's going to have a lightsaber in each hand. Wow. A la, uh, you know, like uh, Anakin Skywalker in the best lightsaber battle in Attack of the Clones when he's fighting Count Dooku. So I think this is I think in episode nine. I th so yes, the, the correct. She is ambidextrous, and this is all a little a little hidden Easter egg to the fact that she will handle two lightsabers at once uh, while fighting. I, I imagine Kylo Ren. Mm. No, I mean you don't want to mis misdextrous her by calling her right-handed or left-handed either. I mean that's a point of uh, serious. It's true. Uh, we're all we're all just handed people. That's right. Hand neutral. Uh, I'm I'm hand fluid myself. Actually, my hands are very fluid. If you know what I mean. We all just do our hand jobs. It doesn't matter what if it's right or left. That's right. That's right. Another question from Bamboozle Eight, who says, "Why did?" Amidala, I can only assume he's uh, uh, writing about Queen Amidala, 
Uh, why did Amidala keep Jar Jar around from episode one all the way through episode three, even though he is a bumbling fool? Was there a secret relationship between the two of them we didn't know about? Um, well, my first guess here is you have seen in uh, Attack, or I'm sorry, in the Phantom Menace, in the scene in uh, Anakin's hovel. Look at the length on Jar Jar's tongue. If that doesn't give you some idea about why she might have kept him around as a courtier, uh, I don't think there's much else I can do for you in in uh, resolving the mystery. Drivel? Much, much like the length of the current United States president's tie, um, there's a reason that Melania keeps such a bumbling fool around and allows him to interfere with Senate meetings. There you go. Uh, you know. And you know, basically, Jar Jar had to had to stay around to utter whatever one line where he accidentally starts the invasion or war or whatever thing I've tried to block from my mind. About fellow those delegates, films. fellow delegates, so Dello Felegates, Dello Felegates. That's right. Yes. Um, I don't know. Do they? Did she? Did she just feel bad for him? Is is that just part of her queen nature that? A good queen would rule over all subjects equally, so she wouldn't uh, kick him out and and leave the Gungans unrepresented in the Senate? Is she just being a good ruler, and by being so good-natured, it ended up... uh, leaving her dead essentially this is like a question that i have about all these modern like superhero films too you know you've got these uh countries and and super races with all this incredibly advanced technology and science and everything and then like if you saw aquaman like they they battle for this you know the government of the whole society by like fighting each other with a giant fork you know it's just like something about this does not make sense you know <laughs> Do you? I, I have not seen Aquaman. Do you know why? I do not. It's Aquaman, right? <laughs> but like the same thing could be said about like Black, you know, Black Panther. I mean, you got the most yep. advanced society, and then like they are fighting it out on top of a waterfall for power. It's just, it just doesn't make sense. And why would why would the Nabooian government elect Jar Jar to be their representative in the Galactic Senate at all? You know, it's just so preposterous that. Uh, it it really belies the well, yeah. It's kind of like if after they you know they they gave does Chewbacca get a medal at the end of A New Hope? I know I'm a bad Star not. Wars fan right now. He doesn't right that he's been famously shunned. Um, it would be like if that if there's like well you're here you helped with this battle so you uh you go run Alderaan now not Alderaan whoops um you know whatever you know she... they put him in some high up power position just because he he helped. Um, you know, rescue Princess Leia. Usually they give those people the fluff jobs where like you are the furry prince of flowers where you don't really have any real power or anything to do. Like Jar Jar should have been given the uh, captain of the um, Gungans swim team or, you know, <laughs> cleaning up the la- the lakes around uh, the palace and Naboo. Right. right. Um, you but know. Star Wars suffers from this kind of nepotism, I guess, you know. I'm I'm just going to I didn't say anything. I'm just going to go ahead and say that it's the bad writing. That's the end of the story. There you go. <laughs> no secret relationship, no reason to keep Jar Jar around. Just bad, lazy writing and refusing to like just doubling down on this character that nobody wanted to come back and he had 3 years to think about and fix and remove entirely. Right. Um, you know, it should have been total stubbornness. The screenplay should have been Attack of the Clones, interior 
or exterior or act one exterior cliff Jar Jar Binks walks to edge of cliff to look at magnificent view cliff edge falls from beneath him Jar Jar Binks falls and dies a heroic death (laughs) then we don't need him anymore there you go the sad thing is we never saw him die so he could still come back he still may be alive, right? He survived the events of the Jedi Purge because he is a bumbling fool and could never be one targeted for vengeance by Lord you know, Sidious. Therefore, there's no reason to have him in the movie whatsoever because he's not central to the struggle of the film. So, Sorry to make it so painfully obvious, but yeah, there you go. We spent That's a lot it. of time on this question. We should probably move on. Yes. So if you have any uh, questions for us, uh, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at DuperStorm or FSW Radio, um, and we'll answer your question here on the podcast. Uh, Darth Drivel, it has been, uh, it's wonderful to have you on the podcast, and, and one of the reasons we wanted to have you co-hosting this episode is because we're kind of looking to the new year uh, with innovation and technology. Um, you know, in, in the Star Wars world, uh, in, the, in the world of the films and the TV shows now that are coming up, but also kind of as a filmmaker, also thinking about uh, development of effects and things like that. Uh, first of all, thinking about new technology as it's related to uh, production like Rogue One and um, you know digital uh, clothing has come a long way uh, you know now we can put someone's face on a new character like this derp fakes uh, where do you see things heading I guess for cinema in general and also Star Wars in the coming years the one that's really interesting uh, it's been reported I think it's on the Mandalorian but I think they also employed it for um Solo. It, it's sort of like the giant LCD wraparound screen that they had around the cockpit this time. So instead of using green screen or blue screen for all of the Millennium Falcon uh, cockpit scenes or any other uh, flight scenes, they just had a giant video screen. So they pre-animate like the um, the Kessel Run sure. or the hyperspace jumps. So the actors are able to see what they're looking at and it looks photorealistic. And when they use the camera and point the camera out the window, they're seeing that video. They don't have to replace that later with a special effect. So I imagine for the actors, like for for everybody, when you can see it really happening, it must add to the realism of it. But you also get the the light reflecting on on the actors correctly mm. from whatever from whatever's there, you know, from that environment versus having to okay, there's some pink and blue light. Let's just shine that on them, and then we'll cut to the special effects and hope the special effects match what we did did on the day. And it also allows for more interaction then, in a sense, between the effects and the and the uh, real actors, right? I mean, they can, they yeah. can kind of do move however they want in the cockpit or, or do whatever, and, and they're going to be lit correctly then. But the way I understand is they're they're using a similar thing with the Mandalorian. So like, Hmm. instead of like a a piece of blue screen that will be replaced later, that set extension or city extension or whatever it is, is already there. Wow. And it's photorealistic for the camera. So the actors, everybody can get a sense of what it's going to look like right there. But the way it's designed is, um, I don't know what the technology is called, but some sort of like motion tracking so that the camera pans left or turns that animated screen 
um, the image on the screen knows to rotate and turn with the camera. So it keeps the same, it keeps the correct perspective of however, oh, however the camera's looking at it. Or like the, the parallax or whatever. I mean, that, that, cause, cause this kind of idea, the idea of putting a background in has, you know, essentially started with like matte paintings. And before, I mean, even with Wizard of Oz, they had these giant, you know, painted backgrounds. That's essentially what they're doing, but it's just more refined. Well, they had in, in animation, I think it was, Oh, forgive me. It might be Snow White, but Disney, I forget what Disney called it, but they had the um, multiplane. I don't know if you ever saw that. The giant machine where the camera would be set on the top looking down, and they had several layers of animation. So they could have, like, the shrubbery in the foreground painted on a cell up close, then the road, then the background, so that the further something away is, the more the less it moves versus what's in front. If you ever look at the window of a moving car or train or, you know, video games got – you know, by the time they get to 16 bit, they could do a little bit of sort of multiplane movement. But Disney pioneered that with animation. And I feel like this is similar to that. It's just the now like 3D fully CGI realistic screen rendering that moves in the same multiplane way that, that moves correctly as the camera moves. And then also probably they've developed the technology to make those screens, you know, cheaper. I mean, with the LCD screens. I mean, I, I purchased uh, several television sets in the last year, you know, 55-inch HD 4K TV sets for like 300 bucks. We just decided to go ahead and buy a, a hundred of them, and we use them as wallpaper because that's cheaper than actually having our home uh, re-wallpapered. It, it really is. And then you can also you can load up every single Star Wars movie, TV special, Christmas special episode of Rebels ever. And just no matter where you are, you can be fully immersed as a fan. Well, see, that's the idea. I mean, uh, I saw, uh, you know, the, the Star Wars uh, marketing and, and stuff is always about a Star Warsizing people's lives, right? I mean, turning their entire life into just, a, you know, basically a river of Star Wars content. Um, and I saw recently they had the, um, I think it's called uh, Fuel of the Force, uh, and it's sort of a Star Wars um, uh, endeavor to try to get fans out and about, active, you know, active mind, active body. Um, and, and so I was thinking to myself, well, this is a problem, actually, because this is going to take time away from people actually watching Star Wars, you know, twenty four seven. Because the only time that I'm not watching Star Wars is when I'm recording the podcast. So, nope. Nobody wants active Star Wars fans. It just it's going to significantly decrease sales of corn dogs called something Star Wars name at the theme parks, at Comic Con. You do not want active Star Wars fans. You will limit your marketing budget. For who's buying the Lucky Charms, mm. the Pepsi products, the Taco Bell cup toppers? It's just that that's just a terrible, terrible marketing strategy and not really a technological, like a force <laughs> bit instead of a Fitbit or whatever. That's just that's all it's hodgepodge. It should never, never go. I do think one of the interesting things is remember, you know, it used to take them, they'd shoot a Star Wars movie and it would take three years to finish the effects. That's and cool. now, you know, episode nine hasn't finished they're not even done writing it they're doing rewrites and then going back to shoot some more and they're they have this um you know the fact that it's coming out in december and they haven't finished shooting and you're like so the the, the rendering power of computers the the technological advancements for special effects you know you look at i look at when they did uh l337 in solo again they had the actress phoebe waller bridge 
play you know she had the robotic suit on with with the green unitard so that they could like all the inner working parts and then they do a blend of animation which i didn't realize until i just assumed it was a fully cg character but it makes it more real and makes it blend you know like we really do live in a time where you know once they can figure out stories that everyone will be happy with or characters that they want to see expanded or told correctly it's it's the best time no matter what you say about the last jedi story-wise it is the best looking star wars movie ever it is gorgeously shot the colors the technology the special effects everything in that movie is absolutely technically perfect Mm. so do you think now that the technology has sort of caught up with imagination and what's capable uh to be done um do you think they should just go back and remake the prequels i think they're going to remake the original trilogy first okay um, you know, they don't they don't even really call it Star Wars Episode seven, The Force Awakens. It does in the title, but none of the marketing did that. The, all they the official marketing the was just Star Wars thing, right? The Force Awakens. And they and they yeah. did it in a way where you don't have to see episode four, five, six, or one, two, and three to enjoy the Force Awakens. You can enter that story and not know who the same way that you can enter episode four and not know the backstory of episode one, two, and three. But in Disney's mind, especially now that they own Fox and that they own the entire saga, including the original film, they must be thinking we can do George Lucas's ultimate super duper special edition <laughs> or we could remake it. Like it's not people think, oh, that's precious and they'll never do it. They'll do it if there's money involved. And if they can say, hey, it will look better with today's standards. I can see them doing it. The prequels, I think, I feel like the prequels shouldn't be remade. I, I mean, I, one of the things we did with the prequels was we actually went through um, uh, a buddy of mine and we actually said the parts that we liked, so the most memorable part from each mm. movie. Um, and, and it was interesting. I mean, as I've grown, there there have been a few moments of the prequels where I could say, like, yeah, that really did feel like Star Wars. Of course. There's so things many... that, you know, there's things that look great, but that's, you know, that's similar to saying, like, that was the freshest, most crisp, watery piece of lettuce I've ever had. It was delicious <laughs> on a burger of rotten meat with a stale bun yeah. and, you know, a year-old ketchup that hadn't been put back in the fridge. Like, it, it doesn't... <laughs> It ultimately doesn't matter. It has to be a sum of all parts. And there's just not enough, especially. And I, for me, those movies deteriorated as they went. I, I believe the Phantom Menace is the best of the three. It's the one that looks the most like a movie because it was actually shot on film before they switched to digital. Um, It didn't have Hayden Christensen in it. And it wasn't just all CG. You know, they had built some sets and it wasn't just this George Lucas's special effects demo reel of like, look, look what we can do for cheap. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I just think they should not remake that. The, and I think those movies, those movies look more dated and worse than the original films now because they were in that that time period of us like the scorpion king where cg was not being used to its its greatest advantage and again like for for all the crap that jar jar binks gets he still looks very photorealistic uh from from the phantom menace 
and that's before they were doing motion capture and and, and any of that. You know, that's that's pre Gollum, that's pre Andy Circus, that's pre Weta figuring any of that motion capture stuff out. That was just the animators making it look. You know, they've always ILM's always done a good job with skin textures and things like that. So, I think it's, I think open source has changed a lot of things for special effects because if somebody. You know, if somebody like Derpfakes invents or improves on a technology, they can share those improvements instantly with the experts, with the companies that build the technology, Adobe for editing. Like all, all of these things just help massively to improve the quality and the speed at which developments in technology happen. Cameras get better and better year year after year. Um, you know, di- digital cinema projection, cinema sound, you know, what are we at, Seven, nine, 9.1 surround now or Dolby Atmos where you have speakers in the ceiling, like, you know, movies, movies are just becoming more immersive. And obviously Star Wars is always a flagship for any of those companies, especially Industrial Light and Magic and Skywalker Sound, that will always see the best of the best being being dredged out uh, to work. And, and I think the technology, too, they have to be using faster, cheaper technology. I think the technology that they're doing for The Mandalorian will probably be game-changing. I, I, I saw a Q&A on Collider, I think, with the, the uh, well, full disclosure, I was there live, but they did a, they did a Q&A with the, uh, the, direct, the Russo brothers at, mm-hmm. a, at an Infinity War screening, and they had said they stopped by the set of Infinity War, or of, of Mandalorian, and were saying that the way it's being shot is shot in a way that no TV series has ever been shot before. Really? And they really think it's going to be a game changer. And I don't know if they're talking about the digital screens that have now leaked or if it's some, if there's still something else we haven't heard about how it's being done. But they seem to think that there was, there was a revolution in television production coming. Um, you know, and I... And I now, I've like heard think... some things about, um, like, kind of puppetry being used as well, but, like, kind of motion capture puppetry where they'll have an actor on, on the set of The Mandalorian in a closet somewhere and, you know, with a, just facing a camera with motion capture dots, and then he'll actually be controlling a puppet that's on camera. Have you heard anything about that? Or It was something related to the Nick Nolte story where, where they had a Stan, Stan Winston's studio who created, is he playing an, an Ugnaught or something? Okay. That's I've, the rumor. Yeah. But that it was another actor wearing the Ugnaught mask, but the mask would react to his audio in perfect, like the lip sync and the the the, the ability and the the flexibility and the the amount of sort of uh, what do they call it? like articulation, articulation points in a yeah. puppet that it that it was just uncanny and looked incredibly real. Huh. Um, so yeah, so all all of that's really really fascinating. Even all the puppetry and um, the Force Awakens, and, and yeah, it, it's just a really interesting time to see what they'll, where all that advancement will go, and um, yeah, I don't know, and I imagine that just well, this these theme parks sound insane. That you you know the idea that when you go to the Star Wars Galaxy's End, you'll pick if you want to be a, I think I read something you you can pick to be a rebel, the Empire, a smuggler, whatever it is you choose, a bounty hunter. Your you I guess you have like an ID chip or a bracelet, but it will sense it, and the park will interact with you differently than other people. Right, depending on they have that they have that pick. at the Harry Potter World at Universal Studios, where if you if if you're a kid and you buy a wand, or if you're a 45 year old woman and and a Harry Potter robe and buy a wand, mm-hmm. there's certain parts in Harry Potter World where if you stand there, you get a little instruction guide, and if you wave the wand in the correct pattern 
at that point, something will change. It will unlock a door or it, 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 it turns on an animatronic puppet or lights turn on in a window and it makes it makes the park interactive. So I can only imagine that the Disney Imagineers are going to outdo everything that we've already seen at every theme park in the world. So, for example, like if I chose to be like Master Jedi Plukoon or something and I had my lightsaber and like I, I, you know, maybe I ate too many like Star Wars nachos and I really, really had to use the John and like I would have to get back there and I have to, to memorize like in the bathroom the sequence of, of lightsaber moves to be able to open up the the loo to take a dump yeah is that kind or, of what you're thinking? yeah or you're just gonna blue milk all over the sidewalk you know wow. and that's gonna be part of the galaxy's end yeah you know, there's that, there's a metaphor in that title disney has um, never made pooping more fun so fantastic exactly and like you bet you bet you bet your ass that if they have butter beer that you can drink at uh harry potter world they're going to have blue milk oh, that yeah, you can absolutely. drink you know or maybe you'll be able to suck right from the teats of uh of one of those things on Luke Skywalker's Island, you know? Yeah, I, that's always been my dream since I saw that movie. Well, let's shift a bit. You know, uh, thinking now about in-worlds technologies, um, one of the things I saw uh, several years ago, I can't remember, it was an Australian guy on YouTube who makes um, a lot of Star Wars content. And he, was, he had sort of a two-hour video about how the prequels should have been made. And one of the things that he was advocating for was the development of technology in the universe. So his idea was that in the prequel era, the, the typical blaster technology that we have in the original trilogy didn't exist, right? So that was actually a development that happened alongside the um, the story of the prequels. And so that's how the Jedis ended up being slaughtered, was that the Emperor figured out how to make cheap blasters, and that created this world where all of a sudden the Jedi's powers were somehow diminished. I thought it was a really good idea, but... The same, the same way that, like, you know, Native Americans were wonderful with spears and bows and arrows, but... But the minute they invented the the pistol and the rifle, the gunpowder changed everything. Exactly. And we haven't really seen that too much in Star Wars except for The Last Jedi where there was a major development in technology. Which was? Well, the Empire figured out how to track spaceships uh, in light speed. Right, of course. And this yeah, is a major yeah. plot point, right? I mean, it totally, it was basically the linchpin of the whole conflict was that they had this new tracker. You know, you know, there's technological advances that one, one pink haired captain can fly an entire starship without anyone else on the bridge. Yeah. Uh, when, you know, like, I, th I think that's great. That's, that's, that's essentially saying that the ships in the sequel trilogy era are similar to the way that it, it always parallels what's happening on earth. It's like the Tesla's it's like the self-driving cars. Okay. Uh, it's a self-driving spaceship. People think that Haldo's piloting it, but she didn't. She just said where she wanted to go, which was to hell, I guess, yeah, whatever she just, destination she, you know, mercy, you know, suicide mission. But do you, do you anticipate any other changes in technology in Star Wars? I mean, people have talked about how the lightsabers have changed. I mean, with the, uh, the, the cross guard lightsaber and there's thing, you know, maybe Ray is going to have one of those now. What other kind of, um, we're going to get a black saber for sure. And we're going to get a clear saber. Um, I'd like to definitely. see a, Star War, a lightsaber hula hoop, you know, it's like an exercise uh, instrument that Jedi's have to use to practice like their moves. So I think you'll see that or just like, like a lightsaber suit that you could just jump into people and slaughter them. Like, you know, sort of like a, like a cloaking device of, of just all lightsabers. And also like, I think arming ships with lightsabers on them hmm. so that if you have, if you can get 
do close contact, kind of Mad Max style, you know, where the, the vehicles have all kinds of like pneumatic arms and spikes on the wheels. Like just stick lightsabers everywhere yeah. so that you can slice through each other as you fly through the sky. And I mean, also, why doesn't just everybody have a lightsaber? <laughs> Well, apparently they're hard to create, right? So what we really need is a 3D printer in Star Wars universe that will print light- lightsabers. That will be a game changer. Maybe that's what th- Rey is going to do. Maybe she becomes an engineer because she does know how to tinker with things and, and fix droids and, and, and cockpits of Millennium Falcons and compressors. Maybe she stole the books on uh, on um, Octo and she's going to actually create lightsabers for all. Equity finally for the galaxy. And what did they say? It's gonna it, this this film apparently takes place one year after, isn't that something that yes, uh, John Boyega has Celestia, stated? Yeah. So in one year, uh, let's think about where where's our tech. If we have the iPhone XS, which I think is a hilarious title on its own, the iPhone XS. Excess, it's yes. excessive. Mm. They have to have done that on purpose. But the th- joke is you on know, us. Then you know if if lightsabers and spaceships. And everything else like go at the same speed that we're at. You know, hybrid cars get better every year. Computers get better every year. I think definitely the the screens on the ships, like the uh, you know when you see their radar projections and things like that, like that, they've done enough fan service and giving us like what sure it looks like the original trilogy, even though it's thirty years later. It's got to be fully realized, like sixteen bit graphics now. Oh yeah. Um, there's there's no reason not to have it. Oh, also I think also that what we saw in the prequels, you know, the the breathing apparatuses, the underwater planet that JJ's filming in this one. I think everyone's gonna not just the Jedi will have the little breathing apparatus. The I think everybody will have that. Kind of thing they put Obviously they're trying to compete with Aquaman, the the biggest film of, of the year. Uh that they need to and uh, you know, Avatar is going underwater. So Star Wars is going to have – it's going to be a lightsaber that works under – we've never seen a lightsaber operate underwater. So I think – imagine that standing on the bottom of, of an ocean on the wrecked – it's going to be a – you know, it's use, it's recycled ideas that got cut from Force Awakens. They're going to have to dive down. Kylo Ren's going to dive down into the ocean of Endor looking for like where, where the um, – something else of Darth Vader's other than his mask have crashed. Uh, maybe his, his maybe his kyber maybe his kyber crystal, something. But he's gonna go down there, and when he gets it, there's gonna have to be an underwater lightsaber battle. We're gonna understand just how powerful these these kyber crystals are. I think he should make you know the John Williams soundtrack at that point, like when they try to extend their lightsaber underwater, it should just make that like kind of cartoony noise, like dang dang, you know, it just fizzles out. Boom, like... boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. the opposite of the cool sound that we have, you know. Right. Right. Well, that's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, we, we uh, only have a year in between in, in the story time of the film. Uh, so there's not much room for massive technological developments unless uh, a different kind of uh, race or species or alien presence uh, comes into the film. Uh, and there has been speculation already that there's a species called the Grisk who come from the unknown regions. Uh, they're sort of the the new version of the, the Yushen Vong or whatever they were called from the, from the novels. Uh, and they possibly are, you know, so numerous. Their spaceships are so numerous. They're like drones, right? I mean, just thousands of them that they blot out the stars. That's kind of what I heard. Um, 
do you think Star Wars is ready for a dynamic change on that level of the in-universe technology? Or do you think fans will just simply jump from the balconies and kill themselves in, in, uh, in rebellion? I think fans will jump from the balconies if they don't get a remake of The Force Awakens just with a different title and different color lightsabers. Hmm. But what you suggest is, yes, the, the first order, their first order of business should be developing drone pilots and drone attacks. And, you know, like they got to hire Boston Robotics to do those, you know, make start, you know, go back to why did they ever move away from having, um, the automated, droid, the droids, and technology, in, uh, droid, right? Yeah, dro- those, those droid decas were were badass. Like, why would you? Why did they ever abandon all of that technology in favor droids, of? Right. I think there. I always heard there was some galactic law, right? They outlawed battle droids. The Empire did, or something, right? That was part of the whole idea. But like, if you're the Emperor, why would you outlaw those? It doesn't make listen. Any sense if at all. you can, if you can build the Star Killer base. If you took the same amount of financial time and effort into building droids, you would have 10 gazillion droids. <laughs> you would have 17 battle droids for every single person in the galaxy. So anyone who opposed you would have to be able to take down 17 battle droids. Right. They would rule everything. They could just basically assign... 17 battle droids per person to watch everything they ever do or say. Amazing. Well, that's what I've been advocating, you know, for uh, in the, in the politics too. I mean, people talk about gun control and I say, well, we, we just need more guns. That's the problem. We need lasers stationed at every inch of the planet that are ready to go off to stop any crime from happening. Right. I mean, that's truly the safest, safest option. So I think the same is true here in the Star Wars galaxy. They need to automate everything so that there's just no room for any disobedience. If I can text you right now and you can get it in less than three seconds, there's no way they can't blast a laser from space and kill a gunman. Yep. They GPS track everything. Well, that's probably where we're heading in the Star Wars galaxy. So it's going to be an interesting year. Um, any other, uh, you know, innovations or things about New? Do you have any New Year's resolutions with Star Wars? I guess uh, that you'd like to mention here, Dribble, before we uh, move on. To stop trolling upset fans. Oh, it's, it's, it's it got me quite the reputation for that's being an, an old arsehole. stale resolution that we all make each year, and it lasts about two days. This is true, and it's mostly a resolution I feel I can complete because I've been blocked from Twitter. So right. you can't if you if you don't have a bridge for which to stand under to troll people, you are unable to troll. There's a couple Star Wars YouTube channels that I'm gonna try to bring down for hate speech, or at least try to convince people to stop listening to them because I really believe that most of the hatred confusion upset and worry comes from a couple key YouTube channel bloggers that are just all about trying to like clickbait people and make money from the titles of their videos. And they're just pulling facts out of their ass Hmm. because they suddenly have six or, or, or they're Kathleen Kennedy because they have six hot leads every day posting (laughs) so many videos and it's just impossible that they're that tied in or have that much access or information. So it's all BS. I have no and idea I, what channel you might be talking about. I have zero idea 
what you I could th- possibly I be think if I to. gave you a dart, you could th- you could throw it and hit the dartboard and be perfectly perfectly on target with with whose basement dartboard videos I might be discussing. Yes. But I just think it's I think it's very harmful. You know, every time I log into my YouTube channel, it's there's a new video saying what went wrong with the last Jedi? How Disney doesn't care about the fans? Why Ryan Johnson was hired to destroy the legacy? And it's just like it's all just fake news. It's all just <laughs> garbage. This is the movie that Disney wanted. This is the script that JJ approved and read and gave notes on and the story group wanted everybody knew what ryan johnson was doing he didn't this is a 200 million dollar franchise film owned by disney Iger read it and loved it everybody loved it and thought it was the best move forward and didn't remotely anticipate the backlash that they got and people always try to say like all especially you know the hot topic to get 100,000 views now is how JJ is going to retcon everything that happened in the last Jedi for episode nine. It's just like, just give it up. He is not true. There's no (laughs) truth to it. You're making it up and you just need to go into episode nine and enjoy it. But by even clicking those videos and watching them or making those videos or reading them or discussing them, you're setting yourself up. You're setting your expectations for failure. The same with the last Jedi. For everybody who believed Christian Harloff and I think The Last Jedi is going to be better than Empire Strikes Back. And then, you know, then he went back into misery mode of, oh, I just I didn't like it. And, you know, some of these some of these bloggers really are are the problem as Mm. much as they're trying to celebrate fandom. They just create more problems. So I'm trying to be free of all of that and educate at least my friends that are fans into just ignoring it all. And enjoying the movie for what it is. Because this is the only film property that me and my friends overthink every second of every day. Mm-hmm. None of us finish watching a season of The Handmaid's Tale and then talk about it and blog about it and write posts about it. And like rip on the filmmakers about why in episode five she should have held the knife in her left hand instead of the right. Because it's out of out of context of, of season one and ruining origin stories. It just everybody needs to just relax, enjoy 2019, and realize if you don't want to watch the new Star Wars films, you also have the power. Be a good Jedi, dig deep down inside you, and use your powers to just not watch. Just walk away. Yeah. Great resolution. Uh, I love it. My resolution is to donate all the royalties that I've received from having written the original Star Wars screenplays to help uh, fans just like you who are struggling with uh, seeing their resolutions take form in the real world. So sounds like we have a lot in common. Well, I imagine that you uh, won't see much then because I think you're George Lucas's bitch. <laughs> Great. All right. I never said I wasn't. This is fair. This is fair. You have never, never outwardly claimed that you were not George Lucas's bitch. Let let the record show. Yeah. May it please the court. So. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Drivel. Uh, it's been great having you on as your first co-hosting experience of 2019. How was it? It was painless. 2019 is going to be a great year. The Galactic Senate is finally going to get rid of the evil empire. 
everything's going to be wonderful. One can hope that the midichlorians will align and all will be well in the galaxy. There's, there's no chance that the Sith will ever, 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 ever come back. Nope. Nope. Not even for a reboot. So, well, uh, tell the listeners where they can find us. Uh, well, you can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at, at @FakingStarWars, and on Facebook, it's Facebook.com/RealFakingStarWars. That's right. And uh, submit a question for us on Twitter by using the hashtag FSWRadio. And if it's a well thought out, considered question, we'll throw it in the garbage. But if it's something that demonstrates your total ignorance, we may read it next week. Also, you can get official Faking Star Wars t-shirts and other fantastic gear on T, that's T-E-E, tpublic.com, slash user, slash Faking Star Wars, or you can find all these links on our website, fakingstarwars.net. Please, if you have any questions whatsoever about the podcast or Star Wars fake news, get me on Twitter at DuperStorm. And you can't follow me anywhere because Twitter keeps blocking my account no matter what I do or how much I behave. Uh, but definitely follow at Faking Star Wars Radio, which would be at FSW Radio on Twitter and Instagram as well. I heard last time it was because your Pinterest didn't have enough keto recipes. Is that true? Is that why you got blocked? I did. I was. I'm, I've been doing the Greedo diet, oh, so nice. my my keto stats have fallen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, that the uh, Greedo species are all vegetarian, if I'm not mistaken, right? They don't have teeth. They can only eat liquid I, food. I know, but no matter what I do, I always work a pork recipe into it, and Twitter community just shuts me down. It's, it's really... Porg on the rocks, you know? <laughs> exactly. Meaty and refreshing. <laughs> so if you like what you hear uh, and want to support us, you can get on our Patreon as well. That's patreon.com slash Wars. Become a patron. We have all levels available for the financially uh, lucrative fans out there um, and it's as little as a buck a month if you are stingy so uh, be like Darth Taxis who's joined at the fake Jedi Knight tier that sounds like he's pulling some sort of Taxis scam I know with a handle like that but good good on him nobody likes space taxes as proven by many prequels that's right yes the, uh, the taxation of trade routes and patreon uh patreon subscriptions is in dispute and if this podcast hasn't been taxing enough uh have you written us a review yet if not please consider giving us a five-star review uh, on itunes or your podcast platform of choice even if it's a platform we're not on if that's your choice just leave the review there and if you write a funny review, we may read it on an upcoming episode, or we may not, or we may mock it, or we may work it into our official Faking Star Wars movie, which is uh, in development. You heard it here first. That's right. And uh, if you'd like to help write the script, you're also uh, entitled to do that by donating on our Patreon. So as always, please stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for a quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. Thanks to all of you out there for listening. And this year, 2019, may the foe be with you. See you next time. Goodbye or whatever. (laughs) 